deceitfulness round about thee. What about those verses in verse 26? He shall cry unto me, Thou art my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. Also I will make him my firstborn higher than the kings of the earth. That's a messianic psalm and prophecy concerning the Lord Jesus. What about these great verses that we've used again and again down in verse 47, reminding us of our own selves and where we stand before God. Remember how short my time is. Wherefore thou hast made all men in vain. What man is he that liveth and shall not see death? Shall he deliver his soul from the hand of the grave? Selah. And uh, then tonight I want us to look specifically at one verse. Well, let me just mention this verse while we're doing this, picking out the, the, my favorite verses from the psalm. Look at verse 13. Thou hast a mighty arm, strong is thy hand, and high is thy right hand. Brother John mentioned a few Sundays ago in Sunday school about how the children of Israel went out of Egypt with a high hand. And I'm thankful that he has a high right hand. And I praise the Lord for his power, the deliverance of his power. And the Bible tells us that he brought the children of Israel out through a mighty arm and an outstretched hand. And I'm thankful that he does have that great, strong hand. But tonight I want to specially look at verse number 15 in, in uh, uh, specifically this evening and just really stick and stay in that one phrase in this one verse of this psalm. Psalms 89.15, the word of the Lord says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Does anybody besides me here tonight know the joyful sound? I mean the sound of the joy of the Lord, the sound of the worship of God. It says, They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. <coughs> Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. Now, just in this chapter tonight, I'm not going to preach the rest of the chapter. I just want to park in that one phrase when he talks about the blessed people, the happy people who know the joyful sound. And I really just want to pick up where we left off this morning or where I began this morning in the message as we looked in First Thessalonians chapter number 5. And in verse 16, I just spent a couple of moments on it as a sub-point this morning, where the Bible said, Rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. And we, we quoted from Philippians 4 and 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. tonight. And we talked about how that man, a child of God, ought to live joyfully. Tonight I'm saying from the Scriptures and reading from the Scriptures, blessed is the people, the saved folks, the ones who are born again, that know the joyful sound. I'm glad I know something about the joyful sounds. I want to make mention of four of them here tonight, and you're hearing these joyful sounds, and then we'll be done. I'll not spend any longer in the message than the Lord wants us to here tonight. But joyful sounds, I'm thankful that I know something of the joyful sound of salvation. I'm grateful that I know the Lord, that I am saved by the grace of God, that Jesus came to be called our Savior. Thou shalt call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sin. The sound of salvation begins with the sound of distress. Amen. Chapter number 40 of Psalms describes this unto us. I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock. 
and establish my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and trust in the Lord. The sound of salvation begins with the sound of distress. He said, I was in a horrible pit, but he heard my cry. He inclined his ear unto my cry. That sound of distress. Do you remember when the Holy Spirit got a hold of your heart by, by way of conviction and drew you near unto the Lord and you knew not what to do with your life? You knew not how to respond except for simply call out to the Lord and cry for God to help you. I have heard many folks pray in a lot of different ways when asking the Lord to save them. And there is not one specific sinner's prayer. The sinner's prayer is the one that cries out from his heart, Lord, help me. Lord, save me. Lord, have mercy on me. And many of us tonight could not tell anybody else what we did what we did and did not say unto the Lord with our lips whenever we came to Him lost and undone. But I'm thankful He hears the cry of a broken heart and a contrite spirit, that cry of distress, that sound of distress. I'm thankful He knows how to hear my cry. And He inclined His ear unto me. That means not only did He hear me, but that He came to where I was. That sound of distress. Salvation begins with the sound of distress. It works in the sound of despair. He said, I was in a horrible pit. He describes a man that is there in a pit going down, drowning. Just about to die. Just about to lie. Just about over. Just about to give up. Realizes he cannot help himself. In order for a man to get saved, he must come to the place where he realizes he cannot do for himself what is necessary to be done. So long as what you can solve your eternal problem on your own, the Lord will let you keep on fighting. But when you realize you cannot help yourself, that the Lord is the only one that can help you, that's when you'll call on God and seek His face in salvation. I've heard people say that the Bible says the Lord helps those who help themselves. But the Bible not only does not say that, the Bible does not even insinuate that. And in fact, it teaches right the opposite. So long as what you can help yourself, the Lord will let you do it. But when you get to where you cannot help yourself, you cannot do what is needed to be done in your life, and helplessly and hopelessly you cast yourself at the foot of the cross and say, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what the Lord will save you. When you say, give me Christ or else I die, then you will have him. Brother Charles Spurgeon said, and not one moment before, that sound of distress, that sound of despair, the sound of salvation is the sound of deliverance. That is, he set my foot upon a rock and established my goings. When I was going down, when I had no foundation, when I had no place to stand, when I was sinking in despair and in the muck and in the mire, He lifted me up and put my feet upon a solid rock. When I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deep a stain within, sinking to rise no more. But the master of the sea heard my despairing cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe, safe am I. I'm glad I'm standing on the rock of ages, standing on the solid rock, standing on firm foundation. Have a place to stand when I can. The sound of deliverance He has set my feet upon a rock. The sound of salvation is a joyful sound. For it is the 
sound of one who is different. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it in fear and trust in the Lord. You see, a man that is lost, man that is condemned, man that is unsaved, man that is outside of the work of God, outside of the grace of God, fallen man in his estate of sin, he does not think right, he doesn't act right, he doesn't talk right, he doesn't walk right, and he is not right. But praise God, what a wonderful change in my life has been wrought since Jesus came into my life. I'm different now, oh, so different now. He's put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. In that same psalm in chapter number 40, he said, in verse number 8, now that I know the Lord, he said, I delight to do thy will. I desire, I delight in, I enjoy trying to do what is right. The Apostle Paul told us about how before he knew the Lord, he did everything that he hated to do. But yet he found himself now that he's saved. He had a new desire. He said, I don't always fulfill them. Sometimes I find myself doing that which I would not. But he had a new desire, a new wood in his life, a new joy, a new pleasure. He wanted to do what is right. I remember years ago hearing a young lady testify and talking about the Lord in her life and how God had changed her life. And she said, a man had asked her that week, said, did you not sin before you were saved? And she said, yes, I did. He said, have you not sinned since you've known the Lord? And she said, yes, I have. He said, see, that's why. I don't believe there's anything to it. said, what's the difference? But she said, oh, the difference in the world. Before I got saved, I chased after sin. And since I've known the Lord, I've run from sin. It makes all the difference in the world, in your want-tos and in your desires. The joyful sound of salvation is that I am now different. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old things are become new. By the way, that's present tense. Old things, he didn't say have passed away, but old things are passed away. All things are become new. Right now, every day, he's making me new. His mercies are new every morning. There's new grace for the new day and the new challenge that I face. And he says in verse number 18 of that same chapter, and all things are of God. These things that are become new are of God. They are not of me. They are of the Lord. I'm a new creature. I know the joyful sound of salvation that says I'm different than what I would have been, could have been, and ever would. Ever my friend would desire to be had it not been for the Lord coming into my life. Jesus makes all of the difference. That joyful sound. I'm glad I can say it. I don't know when I was a boy we had testimony meeting all the time. I mean all the time we had testimony meeting. Virtually every service had testimony meeting. Some services we did not have singing. Once in a while we did not have preaching. But in every service we had testimony meetings. Somebody would stand and testify. We almost were to the place on an extreme where we thought if you didn't have testimonies, you didn't have church. Somebody had to testify. I don't know how many times I watched people over and over and over again when I was a boy. Whenever it comes time that nobody else would know what to do, and the pastor stand there and say, has anybody got anything on their hearts? And just wait for somebody to do something. One after another. Stand up and say, I want to say I love the Lord. Thank Him for saving my soul. Sit right back down. Somebody said, that don't sound like a whole lot. I would give a hundred dollars to hear ten or twelve people in sincerity. I stand up and say, I love the Lord. And 
Him for saving my soul. One of the great thrills of my life when God saved me by His grace for the John was for the pastor to get to the place where he slowed the service down long enough to say, does anybody got anything on their heart? I'm being like a son out of a gun. I was glad to get up and say, I love the Lord and I'm glad He saved my soul. I don't want to thank Him for saving me. And it didn't take but about two or three times of that and I had a whole lot more to say than that. And it wasn't long that they got to tell me things like I hear tell. You're making a preacher. Amen. Thank God for the joyful sound. It's a blessing to be saved by the grace of God. I'm glad I know the joyful sound. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Those who he hath redeemed from the hand of the enemy. The joyful sound of salvation. I'm thankful I know something about it. Then secondly, here tonight, I want to tell you, I'm glad I know that the people are blessed who know the joyful sound of security. Security. Know what it is to be safe and secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not. I do not feel secure because the U.S. Army has, a, has bombs and guns and rockets and, my friend, atomic weapons. That does not make me safe, feel safe and secure. You could wire this outfit up tonight with an ADT home connected system that listens in on all your conversations, reports them all to Google and to my friend they all start to memorize everything you have to say and think I know everything about you. That'll make me feel safe. That makes me feel invaded. I do not want to have any part of it. Amen. Oh, listen, I'm afraid sometimes of our cell phones and smartphones and I think the stupider your house is, the smarter you are because all of that stuff is just soaking up every bit of what you say. It is you are not the consumer. You are the product. They are not selling you something. They're selling you. Collecting all of your data and selling your data. Figuring out ways to separate you from your money. And the the, uh, semantic security guy on the front row ought to be agreeing with everything that I'm saying because he knows it's the truth. And that they are collecting data on us like crazy. All that stuff doesn't make me feel secure. You could have alarms going off because every police department in the state when something goes wrong it does not make me feel secure. I could have firearms and weaponry around the house enough to start a small war with and it would not make me feel secure. But I'll tell you what gives me security tonight when I lay my head on my pillow and know that everything's alright between me and the Lord. That gives me security. I know the joyful sound of being safe in the Lord Jesus. I rejoice evermore tonight that He's mine and I'm His. I know the joyful sound of security. You see, I am a sheep with a shepherd. Hallelujah. Praise His name. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures, leading me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. And that Thou preparest a table before me. That's really not the sheep, that's the host. And the guests we talked about on Thursday prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That sound of security, I'm a sheep with a shepherd. Psalm 100 in verse 3 said, We are His people and the 
sheep of his pastures. And he is my shepherd and I am his sheep. He gives me security. And my friend, he knows the sound of his sheep. He recognizes my cry. I know the joyful sound of security. And my friend, it is not whenever I hear the sound that says beep, alarm on. That is not what gives me security. What gives me security is when I hear a still small voice down in my heart that says, you're mine. I'm looking out for you. You belong to me. If you just watch the little birds and see how I feed them, know I'll surely take care of you. You're my sheep and I'm your shepherd. When I hear that voice, I know I'm safe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know the joyful sound of security. A sheep with a shepherd. I know the joyful sound of security because I'm a soldier with a captain. Amen. I am a soldier with a captain. I'm not out on the battlefield making the decisions. I'm just out here taking orders. Hallelujah. If I had to make all the decisions, I would make every mistake possible. And my friend, if I was running this in this uh, this army, we would be bound for certain defeat. But praise God, my captain knows where we are and what we're going through and I can listen to the voice of the captain. Hebrews 2 and 10 said he's a captain of my salvation. That word captain means one who is in charge. One who has rank over us. And he is the captain. He's the one in charge of my salvation. I'm not going to heaven because I know how. I'm not going to heaven because I'm good. I'm not saved because I'm somebody. But Jesus is the one in charge of this thing. Hallelujah. And my security is in Him. Second Chronicles chapter 13 verse 12 said, God Himself is with us and He is our captain. I'm thankful I know the captain of the Lord of hosts. The one with a flaming sword of fire. I have security for Jesus fights my battle for me. The victory is mine. The battle is His. The victory is mine. And victory is sweet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Here a while back we were riding down the road in a little golf cart and Caitlin and I, or Julie and I singing and, and just, we sung silly songs and we sung, uh, uh, we sung hymns and we just had a good old time. And I got to singing that song, she never had heard it. And I got to singing that song when I'm broken from the battle and I've lost another round. She's maybe five, six years old, seven years old. It's before she got saved. When I was broken from the battle and I've lost another round. And the Satan whispers to my troubled heart, just lay your armor down. Where are those who loved and trusted? Look around you. They're all gone. It would be easy to surrender when you're standing all alone. And I began to sing that verse and said, Then I bowed my head in sadness. As I wondered what to do. I've been in the army of the Lord for so long and I've tried to be a soldier true. And I looked at her and big old tears are swelling up in her eyes. And she began to cry and said that then I heard a sweet voice whisper. And that said there have been a soldier true. And it put me now, Sister Tanya. And I heard a voice from heaven saying, A child, it is I. And lift your head and take new courage. Turn your eyes toward the sky. And then I started singing, I see a great band of angels come tall around me. And hear the captain rising up the battle to me. And I know I'm safe from all harm when I'm trusting Jesus. The battle is his. The victory is mine and victory is sweet. And little Julia just weeping. I reached and grabbed me, held on with both hands. 
squeeze real tight and I thought she don't know what all this means yet but praise God Jesus here's the captain of our salvation and my help my hope and my security is in him I'm his soldier he's my captain I know the joyful sound of security a sheep with a shepherd a soldier with a captain I'm a sailor with a pilot amen I'm a sailor with a pilot praise the Lord he will pilot me or life's troubled sea and I won't sail the stormy seas no more unless Jesus leaves the way I won't ever drift so far from shore that I can't hear what he has to say I belong to a fleet that sails today on a glorious one way trip set safely on shore to sail no more for Jesus pilots my ship I'm a sailor with a pilot I know the sound of security because I'm a sheep with a shepherd a soldier with a captain a savior a sailor with a pilot I know security because I'm a sinner with a savior hallelujah I am a sinner with a savior oh bless his name Acts chapter number 5 verse 31 him hath God exalted with his right hand be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. I'm thankful that I know something about the Lord Jesus Christ that saves sinners of whom I am chief. I know the joyful sound of being secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. A joyful sound of salvation. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound. The joyful sound of salvation. The joyful sound of security. Now I'm going to tell you one that the world won't understand. But those that are saved, but the blessed are the people who know this joyful sound. If you know it, friend, you are blessed. That is the joyful sound of separation. This whole world thinks that separation sounds like that's something that's awful. You mean I'll have to be different. I won't be able to be like everybody else. The last thing on planet Earth if I want to be is like everybody else. Most everybody that I know is a mess. I mean, I don't want to be like everybody else. I'm so thankful that because of God's marvelous grace in my life, I don't have to be like everybody else. My friend, the Lord's given me deliverance and separation from that. It's a joyful sound when you start talking about that separation from sin. That's 2 Corinthians 6 and 17. By the way, 5 and 17 said we're a new creature. 6 and 17 said then come about from among them and be ye separate saith the Lord and touch not the unclean thing and I will receive you if you are new in Christ you ought to be separated from sin if all things are become new and then you can't be what everybody else is you cannot walk or run with them and walk with him at the same time they will think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot drunkenness in the night wild and loose living. Oh, but praise God, if you'll walk with God, you'll not run with the world. Have separation from sin. I say hallelujah from it. Have hallelujah for the separation from sin. Oh, tonight, instead of being in the church house, instead of being at the pulpit, instead of having a Bible before me, I could be sitting in some smoky bar room this evening with a jukebox playing in the background and a pool table on one side of me and there's some liquor sitting in front of me and my family weeping and crying over the brokenness of my life but praise God that he's separated
liberated me from sin and brought me out and made me a new creature. I am not what I would be, could be, outside of God's grace. Praise the Lord for that separation that He brought in my life. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, my. With such an extremist as what I am, Brother Bob, can you imagine what it'd be like if I'd lived 44 years and never come to know the Lord and the trouble that I might have caused by this point in my life? I mean, friend, that my daddy would always tell me when I was a boy, he said, son, you always have had plenty of good starting sense, but you ain't got no stopping sense. What in the world wouldn't it have gotten into? And how deep would I have gone had the Lord not have saved me just in time? Where would you be tonight had the Lord not come along by your way? and birthed in his family and changed your life. How will you wouldn't be sitting on the pew of a Baptist church with a King James Bible in your hand and say an amen to the preacher of the word of God and say hallelujah that he separated me from where I could have been, separated me from my sin, made me new in Christ and know the joyful sound of separation. My three little girls are here tonight. All my friend, they have never seen their daddy with a bottle in his hand seen him over and over and over with his Bible in his hands. They've never seen me with a needle in my arm. But they've seen me time and time and time again on my knees. They've never heard me curse and tell dirty jokes. But they've heard me pray with them a time after time. And it's not because I'm anything. But it's because Jesus is everything to me. He has separated us from where we would be without him. I'm so glad he for the joyful sound of separation from sin. Separation from Satan. I found out that Satan lied to me. I mean, everything he ever told me was a, a dirty dog lie. Amen. Everything that he ever told me was untrue. First Peter 5 and 8 said, Be sober and be vigilant for your adversary, the devil. Roameth about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Satan will lie to you. He wants to destroy your life. Back 15, 20 years ago, something like that, I wrote down the song. A word to a song in the front of my Bible here. Satan lied to me. Satan lied to me. When he said he'd be my friend, all I'd ever need. Satan lied to me. Satan lied to me. He told me I was satisfied, but Satan lied to me. Satan kept my soul astray. Said I didn't need to pray. And it put me back when I would agree. He told me I'd lose my friends. And my fun in life would end. Now I'll tell you how I learned. That Satan lied to me. There is a little, uh, there is a little uh, uh, recitation in the song. How uh, the man said, I remember a little country church where I planned to meet a friend to go and go on to a party. He said, I got there early when it started to rain. I decided to wait inside. The service had started. And when they would sing and praise or preach, Satan would say, this is no place for you. And what they are saying is just not true. Just when I was about to leave, the invitation was given. As the preacher raised his hands and asked us all to stand and sing. And then I don't know where I fell. I don't know how long I prayed. But when God raised me from that little bench, I knew that Satan had lied to me. He'll tell you that nobody at the church loves you. He'll tell you that God doesn't care about you. That Satan will lie to you. I'm so thankful I have security. Help that God will get in between me and the devil. And he'll rebuke the devourer for my sake. I have security. 
Jesus yeah. from separation from sin yeah. and separation from Satan. Amen. Amen. He is not your friend. He doesn't love you, doesn't love your family, doesn't care about what is best or right for your soul. He will use you up and like a piece of cheap goods and laugh at you while you burn in hell. Amen. Separation from Satan. I rejoice in that. A joyful sound. Separation from sin. Separation from Satan. I rejoice in the joyful sound of separation from self-will. I'm glad I know something about being separated from what I want. Hey, listen, we uh, usually early in life, you start off, everybody does in this world, looking for whatever it is you want. You don't care about what's best for you. And you don't even know what's best for you. You don't give a rip with anybody else thinks. All you care about is what you want. We're all born that way. We are selfish creatures by nature. A little baby born in this world, he doesn't care that he is inconveniencing his mother and father and putting them in an early grave by keeping them up all night long, screaming and hollering like he's dying when there's nothing wrong with him. I give him something to eat two hours later. He thinks he's got to eat again, knowing good and well. He wouldn't die if he waited till eight o'clock the next morning. We have to try to uh, we have to try to coerce them to sleep all night. They want to get up in the middle of the night and eat. Have all day in the middle of the day. They'll just sleep right on through it. You want to play with them, talk to them, and converse with them, fellowship with them, and they will sleep through it and ignore you. And then when you need to rest, they will scream bloody murder all night long. Selfish little creatures is what we are. Born into this world looking out for our own alone. Looking out for number one. But I'm so glad when the Lord saved my soul that He put something in me that helped me to realize that there's something bigger in this world than myself. There is a cause greater than me. There is a purpose greater than me. There's a reason to live bigger than just my carnal appetite. Amen. Romans chapter 8 verse 13 says, For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. He'll give us life and life eternal. At denying the natural man in Jesus said, If any man will come after me and be my disciple, let him first deny him. And take up his cross and follow me. Praise God for the separation from self-will. I say it's a joyful sound. It's a joyful sound. If God had let me do everything I wanted to do in life, oh my soul, what a mess it'd be this evening. I mean, if every time, if every time I wanted something, I kept it not for myself. I'd probably be dead. Might even be off in hell tonight. But I'm so thankful for the Lord giving me courage and giving me the indwelling of the Holy Ghost to to defy and to and to re- refuse self will. If you always did everything you want to do, you wouldn't like what you did. Because we're too foolish to make the right decisions up front. We don't know the end from the beginning. If you did what you want to do, you'd probably end up afterwards wishing you hadn't done it. If you did everything that you wanted, and if you had everything you wanted, you wouldn't be able to pay for what you got. 
Amen. I've sat across the table from those car salesmen them say something like, Mr. Powers, surely you're not going to let $500 stand in the way of you purchasing this automobile, are you? I'll say, yes, sir, absolutely I am. I don't need to make a sale. You do. I'm a salesperson. I know that. I mean, you can't sell me. I don't have an inch that I need to scratch. There's millions of automobiles and I can find another one. I've not got a fever that your car will solve. I've been in times a friend we've done what we wanted to do and we would to God a million times afterwards that we had not done what we wanted to do and I'm thankful for the Lord putting someone and something inside of me that causes me to deny self will to refuse the impulse of the flesh to refuse to live after the desires of the natural man had I gone everywhere I wanted to go done everything that I wanted to do had everything that I wanted to have Today I might very well not be alive. And I definitely would not be the person that I am now. And I'm not much as it is, but I sure wouldn't be much if I'd had everything that I ever wanted. God sees fit to bless His children, but He won't spoil us. As the old timers would say, "Ruin us. He won't ruin us. Amen. There are some people that's had so much as rent them. They're no good for anything. Now, some of y'all look like you don't know what the word rent means. That is the way they said ruined in West Georgia all my life up until the last seven or eight years. We didn't take the R out of it until the last seven or eight years. It was rent until then. God will bless us, but it is not His desire or His sovereign will to ruin us. There are times when he says no because he knows it's not good for me. There are times when I struggle because God knows I'll live closer to him if I do. There are days I'm sick and I'm not well and I don't feel good. And it's not because the Lord doesn't want me to be well and feel well. It's because he knows when I stay closer to him is when I'm not doing well. Amen. There is a thorn in the flesh sent from God, and it's a messenger of Satan above at me, and I'm saying, Lord, why don't you get shed of him? But he knows that I stay closer to him seeking grace. But so the Lord, Paul said three times, that God would take it away. But the Lord said, My grace is sufficient for thee. We're saying that abound grace did much more abound. When the press and that is not that is not teach us to sin more that we might have more grace, God forbid. But when the pressures of sin, temptations of the flesh, the demands of this world beat against us, there is grace that may abound greater than all of our sin, greater than all of our temptation, greater than all of our struggles. How denying self will and self purpose, I praise the Lord. It's a joyful sound. Separation from self-will. Then, number four, and I'm finishing. The joyful sound. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound of salvation, of security, of separation. Blessed are the people that know the joyful sound of the second coming. He that shall come will come and will not tarry, said Hebrews 10 and 37. They are blessed if they know the promise of His second coming. He's coming back just like He said. I believe that if the Lord is coming back just like He said, I believe the trumpet's going to sound so loud one day He's going to raise the dead. In the twinkling of an eye, He'll split the eastern sky. I believe 
believe He's coming back just like He said. Oh, it gives us great comfort. It gives us great joy. I mean, it's a blessing. The other night, sent at the hospital just a little while. Ginger said, Mama, I always liked the clouds. I said, she looked at the clouds and said, wouldn't that be a good one for Jesus to come back on? Wouldn't this be a pretty day for the Lord to come back? You know what that is? That's knowing the joyful sound of the second coming. There's a promise that the Lord is coming back. Have those that lived in Thessalonica, have some of them told him, said, now your loved ones said they didn't live long enough for Jesus to come back. And since they died before Jesus came, then they won't get to go to heaven. You'll have to live long enough for Jesus to come back or else you'll never make it to heaven. So you better stay alive long as what you can. And Paul said to them, I would not have you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. For the dead in Christ will rise first. And we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds with the Lord. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Oh, praise God, I know something about the joyful sound. I'm not looking for a hole in the ground. I'm looking for a hole in the sky. I'm about fear not to putting up for the tribulation. I'm listening for the sound of the trumpet. Oh, praise God, and the trumpet of God is going to sound. And the Lord's going to return with a sound. And with the voice of the archangel. And with the trumpet of God. And to bless His name. There is a promise that Jesus is coming back. The second coming, we have the sound of the promise. I'm glad I know something about the blessed sound, the joyful sound of the preaching of the second coming. Seemed like when I was a boy, every time a preacher preached, he said something about Jesus coming back. I mean, they were just all looking for Jesus to come back any moment. Some of them could not have read their names in boxcar letters, and they surely could not discern any eschatological doctrine from the book of Revelation. They did not know... Brother Randy, that means doctrines of the last days. And they did not know any sort of position, whether they were pre, pre, post, or all millennial. And they didn't know anything about being pre-trib or mid-trib or post-trib or any other trib. All they knew was the Bible said Jesus is coming and they rejoice in that Jesus is coming. I believe we ought to study this word if God's given us sense enough. I'm not to study the word. I believe we ought to seek it spiritually. I believe we ought to seek to discern what the Bible has to say about it. But when it comes right down to it, that ought not to steal our joy in just simple excitement about the fact that when He went away into the heavens, two angels stood there looking up in the heavens and said, this same Jesus that went away from you is coming again in like manner. We ought to just be able to rejoice without wondering about what Tim LaHaye has to say about it, without listening to that guy on the TV talk about the moon. How we ought to be able to rejoice in it without having to have a book on eschatology. I'm not feeling we ought to be able to simply say, I trust in Jesus with my soul. And I rejoice that he went away to prepare us a place. And he's coming again to receive me unto himself. And I bless his name that Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah. 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 Joyful sound. The last verse that I read on Thursday. I don't know if y'all figured this out in the preaching today, but I got all I needed to preach on at the funeral on Thursday. Hallelujah. What about that? Last verse I read at the funeral on Thursday was 1 Thessalonians 4 and 18. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm glad I know the joyful sound. Preaching about the second coming. 
encourages me. When I was lost, it was not a joyful sound. I hear preachers preach on Jesus coming. It scared me to death. Make me so nervous I could thread a sewing machine and it running. I mean, get me all beside myself. I mean, just nervous and scared and worried. Go out in the yard and stand there and look out up into the sky and see the light beaming out of that uh, out of that the airport over there at Mount Zion. And it shine on the bottom side of the clouds. And I thought it was a light shining out of the clouds on the ground. And Jesus was coming back in the clouds and I wasn't ready. And it worried me. It scared me. I would lay down at night and I see the moonbeams and the light coming in through the window. Go over the window, look out, see that light up in the sky. Thank the Lord and come back ease down the hallway to listen to hear if I could hear my daddy snoring. Because I knew he was saved. If he was still there, the Lord hadn't come back and left me behind. I'd have been at ease by worries just a little bit and I'd go lay in the bed and worry all night and be afraid. But now I don't have to be afraid. I rejoice in the priesthood and the and in the truth that Jesus is coming back. I say with John the Revelator, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. The sound, the joyful sound, the preaching concerning the second coming, joyful sound, the second coming, the promise of it, the preaching of it, and the prospects of it. Jesus is coming back. He's not coming to be spat upon, laughed at, mocked, made fun of, lampooned and lambasted and lied about. Oh, but He's coming back to rule and to reign and to be King of kings and Lord of lords forevermore. And every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that He is Lord of the glory of God the Father. Oh, bless His sweet and holy name. I'm telling you, friend, He is coming back in the clouds in great glory. Jude verse 14 says, Behold, He cometh with ten thousands of His saints. Hallelujah to His name forevermore. Revelation 19 and 11, And I saw heaven open, and I saw a white horse, and He that sat upon Him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness He doth judge and make war. His eyes were as a flame of fire. On His head were many crowns. He had a name written on Him that no man knew save Himself. And He was clothed of vesture dipped in blood. And His name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed Him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of His mouth goeth a sharp sword, and that with it He should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron. And He treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And He hath on His vesture and on His thigh a name written King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. I'm telling you, it's looking better farther on. It may be trouble here and there. It may be trouble everywhere. It may be sickness and death and gloom and disaster. While we're in this old world, but there's a land that is fairer than day. And by faith we shall see it afar. Oh, bless His dear name. And my friend, there is a crown on the other side. There's a throne yonder in heaven. There's a God somewhere. And Jesus is coming back. And we're going home. And I'm glad I know the joyful sound of the prospect of His coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'll tell you what. I would, uh, if I was 
a saved person tonight and never had a red back hymnal, I think I'd give $500 this evening to get a copy of page 296. Oh, what a shout would rise across the vaulted skies when Jesus comes in the clouds. All war and strife will cease will be eternal peace when Jesus comes in the clouds. I'm telling you what a day that day is going to be. The prospects of Jesus coming. I'm going to know the joyful sound that Jesus is coming again. Blessed is the people who know the joyful sound. I remember I remember when I was a kid I remember when I was a kid watching this cartoon and uh, they had this fellow step forward you know big old bugle long horn sometime I mean stood away from his mouth that far and he stepped forward and when he mashed the button there's a there's a banner fell out of that bugle and it had some sort of emblem and so forth on it. He commenced to blow it I mean, sounding the trumpets. And somebody began screaming in the background, The King is coming! The King is coming! The King is on His way! Everybody stand up! Everybody get excited! Everybody look at here! Behold Your Majesty! The King is coming! They rolled out the red carpet! Everybody stood at attention. The bugles blared. The people stood. They threw palm branches down. They were tossing babies in the air. And folks are screaming and shouting. And getting all excited. The king is coming. What I'm saying to you is, friend, that is not a fantasy for the child of God. That is not make-believe. It is not cartoonish. There will come a day when the trumpets are going to sound. The red carpet of heaven is going to The planes will veer off their courses. The newsrooms will sit empty. My friend, the automobiles will roll through. Red lights unmanned. And those of us who know the Lord will leave out of here. And we'll rejoice all the way to glory. As they announce the King is coming. The King is coming. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I'm not going to get too deep in that eschatological stuff I talked about a minute ago. But He's going to take us out. He that shall come will come and will not tarry. He'll take us out to be with Him forever. And you do not want to be left behind in this old world when the church leaves out of here. Amen. 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 And there's going to be torment and tribulation on planet earth, the likes of which human beings have never known anything about. Amen. And that my friend, people will beg to die. Men will beg for their lives to end. And that there will be great tribulation and great turmoil. And even the people of Israel eventually will turn. A remnant, very small remnant of them, will turn unto the Lord during that tribulation time. And that they'll put their trust in Christ. Oh, listen to me. And the adversaries of Israel will come against him. And to the valley of the ghetto. And that is where we get our word, Armageddon. And the forces of the How the Africans from the south, all of the world will converge. How the 
and they'll follow that beast and the false prophet and my friend and they'll turn against the word of God and the witnesses of the Lord but praise God Christ himself will come from glory and he'll smite them with a sword in his mouth and he'll rescue that sweet remnant of Israel and the blood will rise and my friend bridle deep from the horse's mouth and the sun will refuse to shine And if some of it I am dividing inaccurately and inappropriately, it's not intentionally. And I do believe Jesus is coming back. Just like He said. Tonight I'm not watching the news and seeing what some tin horn dictator in the Middle East is doing and wringing my hands and worry because it might bring about Jesus' return. I have people tell me all the time, oh, it's going on in the Middle East, what's happening over there? These imams and all the rest of this time must think Jesus is coming. So I'm worried about that. I mean, you ought to be giddy over it. You ought to be excited about it. You ought to be grateful that Jesus is coming. We've been looking for Him ever since He went away. And He is coming! Hallelujah. We know the joyful sound. i got to finish preaching. Don't be in trouble. I'll tell you what, let's do tonight. What's that let's get uh, let's let's get a hymn book saying. Sister Jane, if you would come to the piano and play for us two hundred and ninety six. When Jesus comes in the cloud. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey. John, come help us now. Sing for us. I've preached my voice gone. Hey. Two hundred and ninety six. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. Let's sing together. Two hundred and ninety six. When Jesus comes in the clouds, oh, what a shout will rise across the mountain skies. I'm glad I know the joyful sound. Hallelujah.
Hallelujah. You can be seated tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. What a joyful sound. What a joyful sound. Well, it is our evening. It is our evening to have our quarterly business meeting. It won't take us about two or three minutes tonight. As far as I know, we don't have anything groundbreaking to work on. Just want to make sure that we're diligent with the Lord's business. And uh, so we'd like you to stay with us and we'll fellowship here in just a moment. If you can't, we will not get upset. But if you can, that'd be gracious of you. And uh, so let's pray and ask God's blessings on it. Precious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the privilege to pray. We pray, Lord, that you bless these proceedings tonight and bless our fellowship. Thank you for all you've done for us this day. In Jesus' name, amen. So we recognize the meeting open for any business might rightly and properly come before the body. Sister Patricia, if you would please read our previous minutes for us. Okay, you've heard the reading of the of the previous minutes. No corrections necessarily needed. Be in order to have a move in a second to receive and adopt these as read. So moved. Second. We have a move and a second. All in favor of this move and second, let me know by saying aye. aye. You might oppose, you have the same right. So the move is carried. Uh, we have no old business to pick back up. New business, the only thing that we need to address is the submission of the finance report. So, Brother John, if you'd give us a summary, please, sir. Sure. So, since the last conference we had, the opening balance uh, $76,323.51 in the church account. Uh, through this morning's offering, we've got $73,885.75. Uh, for the year, we've uh, received $42,504 in offerings. We have had expenditures of $51,072.63. It's uh, so a net decrease for the full church here in the last six months of 85, 68, 63. Uh, general fund, we have $69,858.75. And then the missions fund, uh, we've got $4,027. All right, you've heard the summary of the report. Full report is or will be posted in the back on the bulletin board. You've heard the reading of the report. If you're satisfied with the report, we will entertain a move to receive and adopt it as submitted. We do have a move and a second to receive and adopt the report as submitted. All in favor, let it be known by saying aye. Any opposed, you have the same right. So the move is carried. Best I know, there's no new business that we necessarily need to tackle this evening. Am I right about that? That's what I was thinking. All right. So, I'd entertain a move in a second to dismiss until next regular session. Let's call together for special purpose. All right. So, we have a move in second. All in favor, let it be known by standing to your feet. I told you it wouldn't take us but just a couple of minutes tonight.
we'll tackle more serious things at a at a time when they're assigned to do so. But uh, we want to make sure we're faithful and diligent in doing the Lord's business. But again, it, you know, not anything that tonight.